athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. Thank you for joining me on another edition of Pox to Row. We've got a good show lined up for you today. Um, as a matter of fact, congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs back-to-back Super Bowl winners. And, and even before, because I want to talk about the game between the Chiefs and the 49ers, um, thoughts and prayers are with Lisa Lopez Galvan, who uh, a prominent DJ uh, in Kansas City, mother of two, was uh, killed during a shooting at the Chiefs parade, a shooting at the Chiefs parade. Like, that's the last, I mean, I guess anything can happen anywhere. That's the last place you would expect something like that to happen. It's a celebration of the Chiefs. The city is very much involved in for something like this to happen. And it wasn't a terrorist deal. Like, it appears to be a dispute some kind of dispute uh, that happened that ha- that in this happened at the parade it is uh, it is so so sad i mean thoughts and prayers i mean you had children that had gunshots like 22 people were shot we mentioned lisa lopez galvan passing away the others were treated i think there were like 11 children so you had you know you had families I, I just, you know, it, it, it is it is extremely uh, not only sad, but it is it is extremely uh, disappointing uh, as well. And again, our thoughts and prayers go out to Lisa Lopez Galvan's family. We've got our, our affiliate there uh, in Kansas City, KCPZ, uh, as a matter of fact. And uh, boy, this is just very, very tragic. I'm going to talk. Super Bowl, give you my thoughts, uh, and we, we've got some other NFL news. Um, I mean, look, the 49ers just didn't get it done at the end of the day and give all the credit in the world. Like, like you know, there's, I don't know, there's blame to go around, you know, certainly, but I, it's just one of those deals to me where the Chiefs found a way to win and now Steve Wilkes is the former defensive coordinator of the 49ers. Steve Wilkes just cannot seem to catch a break. And I I don't know. I mean, I, I'm sure it's probably happened, but I'm not sure if I've ever seen a time that after a team played in the Super Bowl, win or lose, but in this instance, you would look at a situation and see if a team lost 
a specific coach and even more specifically, a coordinator was fired. Now, I'm not saying it hasn't happened. I don't know that it has, but this certainly stands out. So we'll talk a little bit more about that on the program as well. Look, uh, let me set the table for you today here on Box to Road. Joining us on the program, Jerome Tang, the head men's basketball coach at Kansas State, going to join us on the program. K-State lost its last game, but if you go back to last week, a big win over rival Kansas, and as a matter of fact, Jerome Tang in his second season as the head coach at Kansas State last year, the Wildcats made it all the way to the Elite Eight. Made it all the way to the Elite Eight. And so we're going to talk with Jerome Tang, the head men's basketball coach at Kansas State today here on the program. Look, you can join us. Hit me up via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. Let me say this. I, I, I had never been to San Francisco. Never been to San Francisco before. I don't even think I've even stopped at the airport in San Francisco. And it was a it was a city that I, you know, would would definitely had had, had I'm not gonna say on my bucket list, but would love to have had the opportunity to visit. So it's the wife's birthday. Well her birthday was a couple of months ago. But anyway, we you know, for a birthday gift. We got tickets. She's a huge Golden State Warriors fan. Uh, was able to secure tickets to the game against Phoenix. What a game that was, uh, by the way, on Saturday night. And this is the thing, like, these tickets gave it to her, gave her this gift for her birthday. That was back in November. So now the game is going to take place in February. So you're talking about two months or so. And in the NBA, I mean, in the in all sports, but in the NBA, you, you just never know how injuries are going to play a factor. Look, if you look on the Phoenix side, you look at Bradley Beal, he's, he's played as of late, although he's injured now, but he's played, he had played as of late, but, you know, he was, he was injured for a good part of the season. I think Devin Booker was pretty consistent. Kevin Durant has been pretty consistent, even though he's getting up there in age. He's had some little knickknacks here or there. And then if you look on the Golden State side, look at Draymond Green. He was suspended uh, for, I guess it ended up being like 11 games or whatever it was. So you never know. You you had the assistant coach that passed away for Golden State. So you had all of these different, anything could have happened in terms of the game not necessarily living up to its billing, but all of the major players to be involved in the game if they were, in fact, going to participate. Guys sometimes have nights off, although on a big game like this, on a big stage, a nationally televised game, uh, the a game the day before the Super Bowl. Look, you, you want everybody to be there. And guess what? All of the key principles are, were there. Steph Curry, uh, even if you want to look at Draymond Green, if you want to look at Jonathan Kaminga, if you want to look at Klay Thompson, you know, certainly on the Golden State side, and then the big three plus Nurkic available for the Suns. So like all of the all of the particulars were there. Like you couldn't have asked for much more than to have 
all of the principals participate in the game, everybody ready to rock and roll, and the game played out in the way it played out in with Steph Curry hitting that three-pointer that put Phoenix up, or excuse me, put Golden State up by two in Phoenix with another opportunity to tie the game and couldn't. It, it just was a fantastic game, a great atmosphere. Uh, listen, San Francisco, uh, the Bay Area, I, I should say, and Oakland previous too, because if you look at, uh, if you want to be specific, for so many years, the Warriors were in Oakland, and now for the last, I don't know, what has it been, three, three or four years, the Warriors have been in San Francisco. I think it was after the pandemic, so maybe the last, uh, the, the initial, or when the pandemic first started, so the last, you know, two or three years, the Warriors have been in San Francisco. It's an amazing atmosphere. We had a, a phenomenal time. Uh, the food at the arena was good. They even had the, um, they had like the rally towels and, you know, a T-shirt sitting in your seat. It was absolutely fantastic. And by the way, if you've never been to San Francisco, like, San Francisco is one of the more underrated cities to me. We talk about New York. If you're going West Coast, you're talking about L.A. Uh, because it's L.A. And then a lot of, you know, you talk about Vegas, right? When you talk about some of these cities to visit. San Francisco, to me, may be one of the more underrated cities. And I think in part because the weather's not great. Like the average, the weather is, is now, it was decent. Like the, the winter's aren't true winners like we see maybe in the Northeast or on the East Coast from like maybe North Carolina up. They're not true winners. You're not going to get snow. It's not going to be, it's rarely going to be in the daytime, you know, 30, 40 degrees. Mostly it's in the 50s. At night it's going to be in the 40s. It's not that brutal cold that we're going to see even here in the state in the East and we're in the central part of North Carolina. It's not even like that. Okay, so maybe that's part of it. The weather's not the greatest. You're not going to see in the summertime, oh, let's go jump in the pool because it's 85, 90 degrees. It's not like that either. It's like 70 degrees with, uh, from my understanding, you may have like 15 days in the summer where it's in the 90s or maybe even in the, in the mid 80s to the 90s. Like it doesn't get hot either. Maybe that's part of it. Look. We had a chance to take a tour where we went right under the Golden Gate Bridge. Um, also, we went right past Alcatraz. And I, I, there was the, the, the Alcatraz uprising, uh, not, not uprising, but the occupation that took place for like 18 months or something like that with Native Americans. I had no idea about that. I, I, there, it was fascinating. I'll just put it like that. Some of the neighborhoods um, are great. The wharf is great. We had an absolute grand time in San Francisco. And look, I'm not trying to do a plug or some kind of commercial for San Francisco. I'm just telling you, if you haven't been, there's plenty to, to do. It's one of the more underrated cities. It's a big city. I think San Francisco's like the fourth largest, fourth or fifth largest city, something like that in the United States. Very much underrated and uh, definitely a city, I would say, uh, you check out and that we're at NBA all-star 
uh, weekend, the the NBA break, if you will, even though we're more than halfway through the season. Uh, look, we'll, we, we may talk some NBA here today on the program, but that, I'll tell you, if you had a chance to watch that Warriors and Suns game, believe me, it was even better in person. Had an absolute grand time in San Francisco. So we got plenty more here uh, on the program to get to. And as I mentioned, we're going to be joined by Jerome Tang, the head men's basketball coach at Kansas State. And as a matter of fact, that conversation is going to take place up next. Don't move. We've got plenty more of Box to Row with Jerome Tang also on deck. Find the Box to Row YouTube page for conversations with stars like Omari Hardwick, Brandy, Michael Strahan, and with some of our favorite sports guests over the years. Box to Row. Box to Row. Box to Row. Hey there, fellow travelers, it's me, the Hotel Wiz. Before you go anywhere, call me day or night for hotel rates too low to publish. I'll save you up to 75% on over 500,000 hotels across the globe. You see, I've already done the research, so you don't have to spend time online trying to find the best deal. That's up to 75% off. Just call me, the Hotel Wiz. It's a free call, and you get instant access to rates too low to publish with no cancellation fees. Make a free call now and save up to 75% off your hotel rooms the next time you're going somewhere for business or pleasure. Call the Hotel Wiz now and get instant access to rates too low to publish. 800 811-3471 800-811-3471 800-811-3471 Call the Hotel Wiz right now for rates too low to publish at 800-811-3471 The old renaissance is the new renaissance, standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company, uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way, Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whitbeer, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. All Weaver Street Markets. Harris Teeter. Food Lion. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Saltbox, and Barica Soul. On last week's From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware. CollegeInsider.com Top 25 Mid-Major Poll. What does it mean to be ranked? To be considered one of the top programs. I mean, it says everything about how we operate from a development standpoint, obviously from a strategy standpoint, um, our system, the type of young women we recruit, uh, athletics department. You know, it, it's, a, it's a separator. And it's obviously uh, the thing that I like to most about it is always good for recruiting um, those emails and let them know, you know, what's going on in Lady Aggie basketball. From the press box to press row is one of the hottest sports talk shows in the country. Join Donald each week as he takes you on a journey through the world of HBCU sports and pro sports and interviews with top sports and entertainment figures. That's from the press box to press row each week on your favorite station. Track down the names making news in sports from the press box to press row. It's Donald Ware from the press box to press row. 
Let's continue here on Box to Row. We are joined by a gentleman, as a matter of fact, he's in his second season as the head men's basketball coach at Kansas State. The, the Kansas State right now, 15 and 9, the Wildcats 15 and 9 on the season. Five and six in Big 12 play. Got a game on Saturday, as a matter of fact. Before that, he spent 20 seasons as an assistant coach at Baylor, part of the national championship team in 2021. He is the pride of San Fernando, Trinidad, and Tobago. He's Jerome Tang. He joins us here (laughs) on Box to Row. What's going on, Coach Tang? Man, I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to have you. I want to start here, just kind of get your thoughts on the season to this point. Um, You know, uh, we are plugging away whenever you put a new group together it takes a while for everybody to get on the same page Um, we face some adversity with some injuries and you know losing uh, a really vital part of our team and um, but the guys have been so resilient and in just continuing to move forward you know we say uh, you know our our, our goal is to go one and oh in every aspect of the day and feel like I got a group that's trying to do that and um, you know we've been uh, we've won you know, six overtime games, which shows to their toughness, their resilience, their belief, their ability to execute in pressure situations. Uh, we've lost an, uh, another two or three that have been really close games. So, you know, I, I feel like um, we are in the right direction. In this league, we play in the Big 12, which is the best basketball league in the country. If you can go nine and nine in conference, you're, you should be in the NCAA tournament, no doubt. And so uh, that, that's been our focus and feel like we're, we're on track for that. No doubt about it. And you and I were sort of talking about, you know, a little bit about the um, the Big 12 and just before we came on and how tough, you know, it really, really is. Um, can you speak to sort of how it's changed? I mean, it, it, you know, all conference play is tough across conferences. Right. But like to your point, a, a, a an even record, maybe even slightly under 500. What could yeah. get you into the tournament? Yeah, no, I was. uh talking with some other coaches and listening to some of the analytic guys with the numbers and you know Iowa State got in a couple of years ago at, with 7 and 11 and this year 7 and 11 or 8 and 10 could get you in I just know that with our team we we've locked in on you know let, let, let's get nine and nine let's get nine conference wins and take it one game at a time but you know over the last 10 years you know um, we've had multiple teams get to the final four you know Texas Tech and um, you know, Oklahoma, and I mean, just, just you know, on, on down, Kansas and Baylor both winning national championships, which I was blessed to be a part of. And uh, so uh, we got great coaches, Hall of Fame coaches. And when you add Houston, you know, to your, your conference and um, Kelvin Sampson down there, and that's another team that's been to the Final Four in, in the last few years, and, uh, and the great basketball environments that we play in, this is a basketball league. Right. I mean, it, it is a basketball league with with fan bases that appreciate the game. And so every night you're playing in front of packed houses and Hall of Fame coaches on the other end and lottery picks on everybody's roster. So, you know, uh, uh, there's there's back when I was a kid growing up, it was, you know, the Big East was rolling a little bit. And, you know, with Georgetown and John Thompson and, and those guys and then the ACC kind of rose up. But, you know, if you're a kid today, the conference you want to play in is the Big 12. Yeah, no doubt about it. For you, let me take you back to last week. It's a big win. I mean, all wins in the Big 12 are big wins. It's a big win, overtime win last week against Kansas. Like, absolutely huge. 
And I might add, after four straight losses again, Big 12 play is tough. Take us through that. An over One of the overtime victories you mentioned over a tough Kansas State. A rivalry game, uh, of course. Yeah, no, that game is super important to our fans. I know that. Um, and our alumni uh, just, you know, it just carries extra weight. Um, we we as a team, we try to, you know, focus on every game, go 1-0 and and win or lose. We put it in the box and move on. But I understand how important that is to our fans. So it was huge to win that at home and uh, for the second year in a row and both times in overtime. And so uh, really probably feel like, you know, it really enhances our resume and uh, we just have to keep figuring out how we're going to, you know, win our home games and see if we can steal one on the road at some point in time. Jerome Tang again in his second season as the head men's basketball coach at Kansas State. He joins us here on Box to Row. Coach Tang, if I could take you back a little bit um, to last year and your first season making the run to the Elite Eight in year one. And it's interesting because I watched this K-State team and yeah, you may have bowed out, you know, a little bit earlier than you would have liked in the Big 12 tournament. But again, we talked about the Big 12 and how tough it is. Speak to that run that you and the Wildcats were able to make in your first season. Yeah, well, um, you know, the situation at the Big 12 tournament, you know, how they say styles make fights, you know, and they're just some styles that just are not a good fight for you. And TCU with Mike Miles and that group last year, that was just not a good matchup for us. And so, um, you know, the, we, we got beat in the Big 12 tournament. But what it did, it gave us a couple of days to regroup before the NCAA tournament. And, um, you know, just that our group was so excited to play. And the hardest game to win in the tournament is the first one. And so with, you know, playing a really good Montana State team that it was in a tournament the year before that had played uh, another Big 12 team that had finished third, you know, the year before, those guys had a lot of motivation. And. Uh, we was able to get that win. And then, you know, having some New York City kids, we have four kids from New York on our roster. And with the chance to, you know, beat Kentucky, to go back, go to Madison Square Garden, to go home for those guys, I knew we'd be motivated. And when you have a great point guard like Marquise Noel and, and a great player like Keontae Johnson, you got two All-Americans on your roster, you know, it ain't about the coaching. It's about players making plays. And, you know, that Kentucky game, it was – you know, the Marquise Noel, Keontae Johnson show, and um, it, it was awesome. The team stepped up. We got to go to New York and play a really good Michigan State team and in Madison Square Garden. And, you know, that's things that those guys, you know, they, they dreamt about doing. You know, Naquan Tomlin dreamt about playing in Madison Square Garden. Marquise Noel dreamt about it. It's you know, Taiki, you know, Green dreamt about that stuff. And so for them to be back home and be able to play that game and in front of that crowd and it be that kind of game, right, like a – Overtime game, you know, Keontae, Marquise throws a lob to Keontae, he dunks it backwards, and then we come up with a defensive stop. It was awesome. Now, I fell a little short with, with um, you know, Florida Atlantic, but hats off to Florida Atlantic because they took care of business, and, and uh, they, they, they gave their best when their best was, was required, and uh, we fell a little bit short on that. But um, so proud of those guys, man, so proud of the, what we did and the, the groundwork that was laid. And now the goal is to build on that and because we believe we can win a national championship here at Kansas State. Jerome Tang, again, the head men's basketball coach at K-State, joins us here on the program. What's this week been like? It's a little bit different, right, because you generally would have, okay, you'd have a Saturday game, then a, a weekday game, maybe Tuesday or Wednesday. But you've, you know, you played last week. You don't play again till this upcoming Saturday against TCU. Is that a, is that 
do you like that? I mean, you seem to have been in a rhythm. Is it good to kind of have a, a little bit of a reprieve, if you will? You know, um, if we beat TCU on Saturday, I'm going to tell you that I really like this break. <laughs> and if we don't, I'll be like, man, I didn't like you know, us coaches, man, we, it's all depends on what happens with those games. But, you know, sometimes, like, uh, it's kind of like playing a big Monday game. Then you get a couple – you get to give you guys a couple of days off before you prepare for the Saturday game. Well, this gave us one extra day also to, to give them, you know, to, to recover. And then, you know, today, you know, they got some shooting, some lifting in, and we'll get started on the game plan tomorrow. And uh, – but, you know, the, the break in the middle, I, I you know – I can't tell you if I like it or don't like it. It's the first time we've had one in years. And uh, so I'll know uh, how it works out. Uh, I know like right now everybody's a little banged up, so any kind of extra rest you can get is good. Cam Carter, I got to talk about him because, you know, he started obviously for you last year, but I mean he's a young man that's leading your team in scoring at 15.9 points per game. He averaged in single digits last year, understandably so, because he had some, you know, some guys that were in front of him. But can you speak to the jump that he's made from last year to this year? Yeah, no, what Cam did is really embrace the, the role that was going to be available for him. He saw what Marquise and Keontae did on a daily basis on how they prepared and how they worked. And when those guys left, um, he was not afraid to step into those shoes and uh, and take on the responsibility. And I told him, like, he went from being a player last year to being a weapon this year. And um, and at the top of everyone's scouting report and to be at the top of people's scouting report and be able to deliver. I mean, you're doing something at this level. And so very proud of his work ethic, very proud of his focus, his approach. And um, there's still better basketball for him to be played moving forward. And then your thoughts uh, as you host TCU on Saturday, your thoughts on the on TCU. <laughs> Man, they are the old one of the oldest teams in college basketball. Uh, they have weapons at every position. They can, um, th- they have great size, so they can switch, you know, and take away a lot of your actions. Um, their 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 defense was a, like because they can score so well um, early on. I don't know that they was focused defensively, but Jamie's done a great job recently of emphasizing that. And you know, I watched what they did to West Virginia last night, and it, it, it didn't look pretty. You know, and so um, we have our work cut out for us. Um, it, it's going to be a hard-fought game, but, you know, I, when, when we play the Octagon of Doom, man, uh, I, I like our chances. Jerome Tang is the head men's basketball coach at Kansas State. He joins us here on the program. The Wildcats are going to host TCU on Saturday. Should be a great Big 12 game. We're going to step aside, take a break, come back with more of our conversation with Kansas State head men's basketball coach Jerome Tang. Keep it locked. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. I'm excited I get to play for him. They support us in everything we do. You know, it's a joy to, you know, go to work and, and know that you're going to be, uh, you know, they're going to cheer for you as loud as they can no matter who you're playing. Michael B. Jordan. And, and, I, and I think it's a testament to, you know, what HBCUs mean to people. 
you know, and, 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 and having that community and culture and shining a light on the universities, you know what I'm saying, in a real way and creating a pipeline from these kids in high school and making them feel good about wanting to land at HBCU. We have high, you know, high, high talent. Um, and often it's gone and shipped out to other places. It's never poured back into the community. So if we can create an environment that's cool and a beacon of light and people want to feel like they want to be here. And so putting it on a national stage is really big. You know, most of the time these kids don't get televised games. You know what I'm saying? So be able to put them on Turner in a real way was really, really important. Um, and, and, and then the brands and then the sponsors, you know what I'm saying? And getting, you know, the NBA, you know, scouts and looks to come in and hopefully like build this thing bigger. The one and only Stephen A. Smith. It's my sincere hope that when my ride ends, I'll get a big hug and a big thank you for what I tried to do for other people when I was at the top. Because that's all you have to lean on at the end of the day, bro. I mean, I, I plan on being successful for years to come, but it ain't gonna last forever. And, you know, when my day comes, when, when it's the end of the road and it's time for somebody else to be in my seat, in my chair, you know, it's my hope that whoever though that person or those people are, people that knew I cared about them and believed in them to help them get to this place. Hey, Spike Lee. Thank you. I haven't heard that. I mean, I've been on rails all over the nation. Thank you for that question. I'm a third generation Morehouse man. I was taught to speak your truth and that there's very special about being a Morehouse man the same way you feel about your school. The same way we feel all about our respective historic black colleges. That would have been my first choice anyway. And I'm proud to be a Morehouse man. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, I was really focused. Just really, you know, excited. That is the voice of Steph Curry. Your progress from Davidson to now with Golden State. Where I've come from in high school into a small D1 college at Davidson. And, uh, it's a great story and uh, I'm just having fun you know, living my dream and riding the ride. The one and only Michael Strahan. Always good to talk to you. Hopefully next time it won't be, what, 14 years you get to <laughs> You know what, it's good. And, and, and uh, you're encouraging people to be better and do better. And, and that's what I love, man. So thank you. I appreciate you. As we're joined by the one and only Jerry Rice. What do you remember most about those days at Mississippi Valley State? What is going on at Mississippi Valley State University? <laughs> Why are these guys putting up unbelievable numbers? And that brought awareness to the school and... And after that, I got drafted to the San Francisco 49ers. Dave Roberts, manager of the L.A. Dodgers, to be person of color and be the manager of the Dodgers. What does that mean to you? I think the first thing that comes to me is responsibility. With recency and kind of the social, the racial issues that we're having that really come to light, which is, I believe, are good things. I think that it's a responsibility for me to be the first manager of color for the Dodgers. There's not many of us in baseball. To do things the right way, to hopefully give other people of color opportunity, Hopefully it just paves the way. So I think that for me, I, I definitely look at it as responsibility, but something I'm willing to undertake. Snoop Dogg is on the mic. Pay attention. Oh, man, thank you for having me play in a real way. I mean, I'm so honest. Snoop, you football league has done so many wonders. We got over 200 kids that have graduated from high school. We have over 50 kids that have going to Division One NBA All-Star Chris Paul. That was great to bring it back to Winston-Salem State University, a black college, something that my city had never seen before, may never see again, and just having a, 
up close and personal feeling with LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Melo. It was exciting. I'm grateful for those guys coming out. Kyrie Irving. Playing at Duke for Coach K. What was that like and how that prepared you for the league now? Playing 11 games, you know, a lot of people think that's not a you know, big package for you to become a better player, but for me it was. Playing for Coach K, he gave me the keys to, to the car and I was driving it in first eight games and you know, being a part of something special like that and having a brotherhood built at an institution such as that one is an experience that you never forget. Ice Cube has been our guest. Hey man, thanks for letting me talk a little music, movies, and sports. Hey, my favorite three topics. Hey y'all, it is the EST of WWE. The strongest, the fastest, the roughest, the toughest, the quickest, the greatest, the best on Box to Row. From the Press Box to Press Row is the sports talk show that is the voice and the talk of HBCU sports with a flair for pro sports talk and entertainment. Check the show out online at BoxToRow.com. That's from the Press Box to Press Row. Real. Relevant. Radio. Now, back to From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware. couple of more thoughts with Jerome Tang, the head men's basketball coach at K-State. Coach K- Tang, I-, I mentioned, you know, when we came on, the pride of San Fernando, Trinidad, and Tobago. Growing up there, and I think I read where you moved to, to the, um, the U.S. Virgin Islands, St. Thomas, to be specific. Yeah. Did, you, did, you, did you grow up wanting to be a college basketball coach? No, uh, I was born in Trinidad. I was there till I was three. And then we moved to St. Croix in the Virgin Islands, right? And uh, everybody here at St. Thomas, St. Croix is really the place you want to go visit, all right? I'm just, if you want to really feel what the island is like, yeah, go, let's, let's go to St. Croix. All right. Uh, right, yeah, that, that, that's it. And so um, was in, lived in St. Croix till I was 10, and I still go back there as often as possible. If it wasn't for COVID, I'd been back every summer with my kids and my wife. You know, we just love it there. And um, so, you know, I, I can't tell you I grew up wanting to be a basketball coach, but in 1979, I watched Magic Johnson play Larry Bird for the NCAA championship, and I fell in love with college basketball. And um, since that time, I've always wanted to try and be a part of it in some shape or form. I uh, wasn't good enough as a player uh, to play Division One basketball, but I was still passionate about the game and just kept getting better and kept getting better as a player. And and while I was getting better, I was learning that you could get better and you could teach others to get better and uh, realized that I wanted that. That's the, that's the role I wanted to have to help somebody else reach their dream. And God opened the door for me to be able to be a high school coach for 10 years at a, a Christian school in Cleveland, Texas, uh, where I was also the youth pastor at the church. And uh, my ministry is uh, basketball. You know, uh, and is it's sharing the gospel in in different forms and fashion. God just moved me from behind a pulpit to a basketball court, and I did that for ten years at Heritage Christian. And God moved me to to Baylor, and I was there for nineteen. And uh, I was willing to be there as long as He wanted me to be there. Uh, and then He opened the door for me to be here at Kansas State. And so my um, my it's still a ministry, right? It's still a ministry. Just happen to do it on a basketball court and, and these young men god's given them great platforms and if we can give them the foundation that they need to withstand the pressures of this platform then they're going to have a presence um, that they can uh, impact other people's lives moving forward i think that's interesting be- mentioning being behind the pulpit so can you speak to how and i know you you mentioned behind the pulpit this is your ministry in terms of, of basketball as well. Can you also speak to how you're able to share your faith with others? Yeah, you know, um, 
I heard a, a pastor a long time ago, I think it was uh, Billy Graham that said, um, every day preach the gospel and sometimes use words, right? And uh, that's the thing. It's like, it's not about what we tell these dudes. It's about what they see us live and how they see us love each other, how they see us be patient and kind to each other, how they see us be accepting of each other. And because uh, that's what, you know, Jesus called us to do. He said, uh, you know, all men would know that you're my disciples if you love one another, not if you judge one another, not if you correct one, one another, not if you try to get everybody to fit in a certain box. It's just loving people. And so um, my staff and I, we try to uh, let our guys see what it is to be a good husband, what it looks like and to be a good father and to, you know, just just to bring it every day, be present. Right. And uh, if we can have young men who are going to grow up and they're going to be there for their families. Right. When things are tough, they're going to make the next right decision because that's what tough people, tough people do. You know, when when things aren't going the way they want, they're not going to quit. They're going to keep fighting, keep be committed to the, the, the decisions they've made. And then we're going to have men who are going to be there for their children and raise the next generation of families. And, and that, to me, is is the gospel that I share. Beautiful. 10 years as an assistant, 20 years, 20 years as an assistant at Baylor with the last, I guess, five or so as the associate head coach. Did you ever think this opportunity was going to come that you'd be a head coach uh, specifically at the Division One level? You know, I always wanted to be one. And I think I even was trying, right, like trying to figure out how to get it done. But it wasn't until I was willing to tell God that I didn't need to be a head coach. I wasn't, Lord, if you want me to be an assistant for the rest of my life, I'm okay with that. It was about three or four years ago that I did that. And uh, and I even told them, if you want me to stop coaching and go into another form of ministry, I'm okay with that too, right? Whatever it is you have for me, I'm okay with because I am, I am secure in who I am as a man. I didn't need that title. I didn't need, you know, to be the guy on the sideline. I didn't need be that because being a good husband, being a good father, being a man of God and, and impacting people's lives, I was fulfilled and secure i didn't need to win the national championship i didn't need to win the big 12 championship you know those were just icing on the cake right like i didn't need it uh i was secure and when i think when i was able to come to that point in my life god then said okay now you're ready and he opened the door for me and my now my, my goal is to point to these guys lives and to help my staff reach their goals and dreams all right this thing is not about me it's about my staff it's about our players it's about showing that there's a way that we can use this platform that God's given us uh, for more than just wins and losses and celebrity status and things like that, but to, but to really impact the next generation. Some last thoughts, Coach Tang, because I want to respect the time. I think this is a great conversation. I'd like to know, what are you learning sort of about yourself and now your second season as the head men's coach there at Kansas State? Yeah, you know, um, I'm, I'm learning that, like, uh, my plan – and how I want things to go are not necessarily the best way or the, the best timing of things that I, I that every every team, every season, and with the changing landscape of college basketball where you don't necessarily get guys for three or four years, right? And there, there's a revolving door that uh, you have to take each one, um, each player, and then each team uh, as their own entity and, and figure out what makes them click right and and figure out the timing we're we're doing teaching in january and february 
um, because we we don't get guys till August. You know what I mean? And normally you're not teaching you, you're just refining stuff. And but we're still teaching because we got new guys. And so I, I can't be impatient. Um, and I, I have to um, like uh, give more leash to some of the guys and the team to, to allow the mistakes to be made so that then we can um, help them continue to move forward. And, you know, also this thing is not easy, man. And, and uh, we, I tell us that we, we, we want to celebrate wins, man. And don't, don't, don't let wins go to our head and don't let losses go to our hearts, man. Mm. And then just keep getting better, you know, going one to know in every aspect of it. And, and it's challenging to me because like, I feel like I can fix everything, but there's some things that can't be fixed. You just have to let them, be the way they are and figure out the things that you can and then then allow the team to keep moving forward. And then winning the national championship as the associate head coach, you were obviously recruited quite a few of those players. And by the way, for those that don't know, Coach Tang is 3-0 and <laughs> against Baylor as a head coach. <laughs> uh, yeah, that that's, that's all players. That's not me. That's the players doing their thing. But, you know, the wonderful thing about Scott Drew is that he never made you feel like you were an assistant or you were an associate or you were or whatever. He, he always made it feel like we were all part of something special doing it together, right? And he didn't take the credit for it. So, you know, winning the national championship, I felt like I was the coach that won the national championship and he made everyone feel that way. And, uh, and he still does. And, and I hope that I can have that kind of an impact and, and give my my staff and our players that kind of a feel that this is their program, that they they own this program. I'm just, I just happen to be a, a part of it, and we all are a part of it moving forward. And so, yeah, man, man, one of the best experiences of my life, but because it didn't define me. You know, it was just, just, a, just something that I, I could celebrate. Um, what defines me is my relationship with Jesus Christ, and, and that's, uh, and that I'm a good husband and a good father. You know, those those are the things that, that I, I want to define me. Very well said. And then last thought, UVI, you, do you keep up? Like UVI is in the, as uh, you know, in the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference. I don't know how much um, basketball, how important, I don't I don't know if that's the correct, but anyway, how, how it was when you were coming up in terms of um, basketball, the emphasis, I should say, that was placed on it, but you know, they, they, they're, they're doing their thing in the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference now. Well, I knew that they had gotten in a, a new conference and they've got a new coach. And um, and because one of the guys on my stock, Marco Bourne, is a big NAIA guy and he, he pays attention to it. So and and so so, I mean, he, he's we pay attention to all the basketball. Now, growing up, I wasn't a basketball guy. I didn't I didn't know in St. Croix. I wasn't into basketball necessarily or you know we played a bunch of different sports soccer cricket all kind of things and so i didn't become a basketball guy to came over here and so i i do know that we are playing in st thomas next year for um that tournament uh that they have right before thanksgiving right around thanksgiving time and looking forward to dream dowling who's also from st croix and me and my family going back and um, just, just having a great time there on the islands. We played in it when I was at Baylor in 2007, and we won it. And I, I'm looking forward to going back to it again. Jerome Tang again in his second season as the head men's basketball coach at Kansas State. The Wildcats going to be at home on Saturday hosting TCU. Coach Tang, we appreciate the time. Continued success to you and the Wildcats. 
Man, thank you very much for having me on. This was a pleasure. God bless, and, and looking forward to doing this again soon. We certainly look forward to it, Coach Tang. Jerome Tang, the head men's basketball coach at Kansas State, joining us here on the program. You talk about Big 12 basketball, and, I mean, look, the Big 12, if I look at these RPI rankings, the Big 12 is number one right now, just one-hundredths, one-hundredths of a point ahead of the SEC in terms of the RPI. And as I was mentioning, you know, a a, a sub-500 record could still get you into the tournament because the rankings are are so high for the RPI for the Big 12. The Big 12 is an unbelievable conference. And think about this. The Big 12 was formed in 1994. There have been three Big 12 teams that have won national cha- have won NCAA Division 1 a national championship, won the whole thing, won the whole tournament. Two of those, Kansas and your and the other Baylor, you're talking about Baylor and Kansas going back to back in 2021-2022 with Kansas winning the first national championship for the Big 12 in 2008. And so it's not a conference when you talk about the last 30 years up until maybe the last, I mean, Kansas has always been a force. But then, you know, you had some tough games, but it was mainly Kansas. And then everybody else when you thought about the Big 12. Not anymore. We've seen Kansas fall twice in the last couple of weeks. You look at a Kansas State team that beat Kansas and then, you know, has beaten some teams this year but have lost to some teams this year. And really, the Wildcats have some work to do. They They have some work to do, some tough games remaining. But I think that this is a Wildcats program that can get it done. Look, the Wildcats weren't necessarily great down the stretch last year. Lost in the first round, as we talked about with Coach Tang, of the Big 12 tournament, yet rebounded to make it all the way to the Elite Eight. We've got more of Box to Row on the other side. On the way, it's more of From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware. Right, 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 right here. Right here. It's the 60th Bob Hayes Invitational Track Meet, March 14 through 16. Track events will be held at Hodges Stadium on the campus of UNF. Thursday, March 14, the annual Hall of Fame Gala at the Potter's House International. Friday, March 15, the first collegiate meet at 10 a.m. And the Coach Day Middle School Track Meet, 5 p.m. On Saturday, March 16, the annual Bob Hayes Invitational Track and Field Meet at 8.30 a.m. at Hodges Stadium. For information and tickets, visit bhitm22.org. Presented by the City of Jacksonville and Pepsi. If you have diabetes, listen up. If you have insurance, you can qualify for a continuous glucose monitor. With a CGM, you can continuously track your levels and trends and spend more time in range, significantly lowering your A1C. More importantly, a CGM eliminates the one thing most people with diabetes hate, painful finger sticks. Order your new continuous glucose monitor today. If you use insulin and if you've seen your diabetes care provider within the last six months, 
insurance, you may qualify for your own CGM right now. We'll do all the insurance paperwork and deliver your new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost to you. Medicare and most insurances will cover your CGM, so don't wait. Have your insurance handy and call the Aptiva Medical CGM Health Hotline right now. 8198 you know, there's there's some others out there that are that are really, really good. But Usher, I mean, look, he's got a residency in Las Vegas. He's getting ready to put on a tour that in ha- in more than half the cities right now is already sold out. Usher. And this is what and, and, and look, I, I, I know years ago I mentioned that, you know, I was very surprised that the performers didn't get paid during the Super Bowl. And and I, I I mean I guess I can under I mean I can understand why because when you're on that biggest stage, he's already sold you know he's already sold out. If you got an album coming out, it's going to raise all of those things. People that wouldn't ordinarily watch the Super Bowl would watch the halftime performance. And uh, look, we were sitting in the hotel lobby in San Francisco, as a matter of fact, watching the game. I mean there were. A couple of people, it wasn't necessarily crowded, but there were a couple of people that tuned in basically for halftime and then uh, were gone on about their business. It was good to see. It was good for the representation of Atlanta, right? Jermaine Dupree, Ludacris, others. Um, You know, it was great that it, it was almost to me, it was almost a performance, not just Usher, but Usher and Friends. Alicia Keys was part of it. Others, the list goes on and on. It was a, I thought it was a a really good performance. And the thing about it, it gets you to thinking, boy, even when he, remember, this young man started off not as Usher, as Usher Raymond. And all of these hits that he has is just unbelievable. And I thought it was a really, really, really good performance by uh, Usher at halftime. Look, I'm going to give the Chiefs all the credit in the world. Patrick Mahomes does Patrick Mahomes things. He's unbelievable. Uh, and by the way, I thought, I mean, Travis Kelty is, I mean, he's just, I mean, the guy, when he's not on the field, is likable. Like, he's a likable dude the whole, I mean, he was likable well, long before the whole Taylor Swift deal. So likable, he says, sometimes he says things maybe that, you know, you would say, did he really say that? But on the field, that little incident with um, where he um, was yelling, I don't, you know, yelling at, you know, Andy Reid and all in his face. I mean, that was, I mean, we, come on, man. We got like, come on, come on, Travis Kelsey. We got to be better than that. I mean, now they won the game. All right, so it 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 was really all for naught, but look, we 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 you you can't have that. Like you just cannot have that. Whatever was said, whatever was meant, 
is is fine. The optics look terrible. Okay, I give Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, uh, that defense we talked about it with uh, with Kansas City was was really really uh, you know showed up again and showed up all season. Aside from Mahomes and his magic, okay, and perhaps it was destiny that the Chiefs would win it because all of the talk, especially the last month, was the offense wasn't doing well. What's wrong with Kansas City? Drop balls by the receivers, all of those things. That's fine. Maybe it was destiny. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is is great and and probably by the same by the time it's said and done will be the greatest. Look, I'm I I when it's all said and done for Mahomes, he's already got three Super Bowls, he's 28 years old. To me, I don't think we're gonna measure him in terms of being the greatest quarterback of all time by whether or not he catches Tom Brady. I don't know that he catches Tom Brady, to be honest with you. You're talking about four more Super Bowls and, you know, Mahomes staying healthy like Tom Brady did. I mean, I'm not saying he can't do it, but, he, you know, I, I don't I don't know if he will, okay? But when, I, when it's all said and done, this kid's going to be the greatest quarterback to ever play the game, and it's not necessarily going to be because he caught Tom Brady. He's already got three. Um, three is not seven, but three is a lot. Three is a lot more than a lot of quarterbacks have, including some of the greatest that have never won a Super Bowl. Okay. Tom, it's all said and done. He's going to be great. So we, we talked about the greatness. To me, there are a couple of points that I can look at and say outside of Patrick Mahomes being great, and it was a great football game. This is where. San Francisco lost the game. And I'm going to tell you a couple of places. Let's go back. You know, let's go back to the second quarter. Okay. Uh, And remember that, you know, you're looking at the lead that San Francisco had. It was 10-0. Then Kansas City got that field goal. But look, the way in which Kansas City got that field goal, they probably – you know, the 49ers made a couple of mistakes, you know, a couple of different times. Whereas if those mistakes aren't made, then Kansas City may not have even gotten that field goal. First of all, if I remember correctly, the 49ers didn't use any timeouts, especially when you were down to the two minute, two minutes. You want to I mean, I, I, I kind of get the logic a little bit. Because, look, you just want the half to end. You don't want to give KC any of an advantage. You don't call a timeout. But I think you have to look beyond that and say, okay, Kansas City is Kansas City. We're up 10-0, but we got to look to get that ball back. We got to prepare for the fact that Kansas City may score. And if it does, then we're going to have an opportunity to get the ball back and put some points on the board uh, ourselves. And the 49ers didn't do that. And 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 so that may be one of the reasons, but that that's not even the main reason I'm going to point to. Okay, I'm going to point to a third and four with two minutes remaining, and Kansas City 
gets a penalty for it was like a false start or something like that. So now you're talking about third and nine. All of a sudden, Kansas City completes a 21-yard pass for first down that puts the Chiefs in business. Okay, you had a third and two situation. Couldn't get off the field on third and two on that same drive. Okay, was able to get a sack on third and, and on third and five. Okay, great, but fourth and six. You know, you're looking at only a 28-yard field goal, and then San Francisco gets the ball back and doesn't have any time to maybe put some more points of its own on the board because it failed to use its timeouts. That's number one. Number two, that mixed, missed extra point was big as well. It, it, I mean, those, those not allowing Kansas City to get the field goal right before the half to pull to within 10 to 3, and then um, going up, instead of going up 17 to 13, went up 16 to 13. And that was the undoing of the, the 49ers, I think, in that football game. Because, again, you don't allow that field goal and or you get some time to score your let's say let's say let's say the 49ers not only don't allow for that field goal but put more points on the board it's either a 13 or 17 nothing lead at halftime it's a much bigger advantage and i think those are the two points where the 49ers lost the game 49ers got the ball moved down the field couldn't score Got the field goal, Kansas City, and it was a couple of a couple of drives uh, that uh, that Kansas City made and some stops that the 49ers could not make even before the touchdown pass that enabled the Chiefs to score and win the football game. Okay. With that said, it is the third Super Bowl, or yes, the third Super Bowl. For Kyle Shanahan, once as an offensive coordinator, remember uh, when he was with Atlanta, all he had to do was run the football maybe once or twice in the second, you know, during crucial times towards the latter part of the third quarter, fourth quarter, didn't do that. Okay, continued to throw the football. Tom Brady and uh, New England comes back, wins that game. Then he lost the Super Bowl a couple of years ago and then loses the Super Bowl again. Okay, Steve Wilkes, the now former defensive coordinator, sort of sort of the scapegoat in a way. In other words, maybe what Kyle Shanahan is saying is, okay, well, it wasn't great throughout the course of the season. No, it wasn't like uh, Ryan. It wasn't like D'Amico Ryan. Right. Like it just wasn't that way. But it was a solid enough defense with good players and look, there were some gaffes in the in, in there were definitely some gaffes. I just pointed them out that could have been different um, in in the Super Bowl. Okay, uh, it's a tough thing. Like what Shanahan is saying is this will be the best move for the 49ers moving forward. He better back that up. I'm not saying the 49ers have to win the Super Bowl next year, and I don't know that they will. Like I thought this would may have been their best opportunity to to win it. Now, you're still going to have Brock Purdy, still going to have some weapons, but you've lost a year, and then, then you know, if it doesn't happen next year, then you got to resign all of those guys. This was the best opportunity, and the 49ers had their opportunities. I feel bad for Steve Wilkes. Um, you know, one year in Arizona, 
goes what three and thirteen, maybe four and twelve, gets fired, uh, didn't even get an opportunity, gets the opportunity as the interim head coach for the Panthers last year. Uh, doesn't he doesn't get the job, and then uh, now one year with the 49ers, and he's out as the defensive coordinator. He's got an HBCU background for those that don't know with John as assistant coach with Johnson C. Smith and Savannah State along the way. Hopefully, I'm sure he'll get picked up, but boy, it's been a tough go for Steve Wilkes. Look, I got to get out of here. You can follow me on Twitter or X at DWare1 at DWare1. Hit me up. Follow me. Also, uh, you can follow the the show on X at BoxToRo, B-O-X-T-O R-O-W. My time is about up. I thank you for yours. Thank you to Jerome Tang, the head men's basketball coach at Kansas State, for joining us on today's program. For more information on Box to Row, log on to our website, BoxToRow.com. And always remember to support those that support you. Box to Row is produced by DW Communications. <laughs>